Hi, this is Ricky Stewart, and if you want to listen to a Raiders podcast, then you should listen to the official one, Behind the Limelight, not this rubbish with Flakey Blakey. Blake and the Pork. Blake and the Pork. Blake and the Pork. It's Raiders Review with Blake and the Pork. Hello and welcome to Raiders Review with Blake and the Pork. I'm the Pork. I'm Blake. And this is the podcast formerly known as the third most popular Raiders podcast on the internet, coming to you from the filthiest store and buried somewhere in the bowels of Civic, the location of which we will never reveal, will we, Blake? No. Uh, and it's brought to you with extremely dubious support of the Greenhouse, the Raiders' number one fan forum on the internet. Get online and get engaging. And it's also brought to you by the good people at Land Speed Records. Come in and get your LPs, your CDs, your puzzles. There's some puzzles um, at Land Speed at the moment. Yeah, some nice uh, Nirvana. Um, it smells like Teen Spirit. Never mind Never puzzle. Mind. It's great. The album's not called Smell Like Teen Spirit. I don't know. I'm a boomer. I don't listen to that sort of stuff. You know, when you, you get when you're, you get into you're your more 60s, of a Pearl Jam fan. I'm definitely more of a Pearl Jam fan. Anyway, before we go into that, but come in and get your stuff from the people at Landspeed Records because they love the Canberra as much as you do, and they also love their Audio Technica gear, which is just absolutely amazing gear. Also a fine sponsor of this show, um, and of course. We are honoured to be once more joined by our special guest star all the way from the west coast of the United States of America, Heather Locklear, Matt Hollywood Neves. Matthew. Wake up, Matthew. Gentlemen, how are we? It's happy to be here, just slightly north of Bondi. I appreciate another week with another win, two more points. Climbing up the ladder, or are we? Even though we won, we slipped down the ladder. We're down. Sometimes, um, you know, sometimes you lose. And we and go, you up go up the ladder, and, and, and this sometimes time we win. We, win. And we, we, we go down. down. There you go. Swings around about today. Anyway, Blake, it's time yes. for Blake's news segment. Well, before we go into Blake's news segment, just a bit of feedback on last week's episode. We didn't really get any, which really? is a, which is a good sign because the previous week we got so much hate mail, whereas uh, last week we barely got any any mm. feedback at all. So you only hear from people when they really hate something. I tell you, I tell you, there's only one thing worse than being talked about, Blake, and that's not being talked about. Yeah. No, we got a, we got a little bit. We got a little, we got a review actually came. Hang on. From, Did um, you? We're talking about you, Rick. Are you out there, Rick? Where are you, Rick? <laughs> Rick doesn't listen. One of your fans uh, took umbrage to your uh, profanities, Matthew. Yeah, she wasn't happy. Well, that's you. my mum. Hey, mum. I appreciate the support. She's yeah. my number one fan and yeah, my only course. fan. Oh, don't be like that. Yeah, don't sell yourself short. But um, yeah, we did get actually something came in from, um, we got a review from uh, John Michael Hollywood House. And, did we now? Yeah, he said less awful than last week when we spoke, so... <laughs> We'll take it. We'll take it. Anyway, getting on to the news. There's been some big news during the week. There, you know, there's barely a week that goes by there isn't some sort of earth-shattering news. And, and the big news that came out was um, the results of Jared Croker's scan came back, and not too surprisingly, um, he will require surgery on his dislocated shoulder, and he's gone for the season. Um, does he come back? Is 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 this the end for Jared Croker? What do you guys think, Matthew? I was going to let Pork have the stage. He's, he's um, gone all quiet. Oh, he's, really, he's just looking despondent. It's sad. Look, it's sad. Well, he's he's sat on so many sidelines and watched Jared play for you know over a decade. So it is sad. I personally, um, I'm the same. You know, like it's you go through different stages of grieving. I guess where at one point you kind of want him to be able to retire on his own terms and and come back, and at another point you think, well, it's a lot of cap space and. You know, yeah. clearly he hasn't been at his best and he's now, if he does spend the season trying to, you know, recover, that's going to be almost 
two full years where he's barely played. Um, yeah. And it's and, and it's, taking it's, up, it's a lot. Taking up a lot of cap space. I mean, the there is an obsession amongst a lot of Raiders fans in getting him to 300 games, which I get, but 300 games isn't the be-all and end-all of, of how you judge a player. There's plenty of players that played 300 games. I mean, yeah, John Morris played 300 games. Laurie Daly played 240-something games. I mean... Aiden Tolman played 300. Is, you know? Exactly. Like, Glenn Lazarus played two. It doesn't... It's not the be-all and end-all, this obsession with getting to 300 games. I'd love, love if you could get to 300 games, but it shouldn't come at the detriment to the overall... No, it shouldn't, but he'd, he'd be only our third player to do... Or is that second or our third second player to do that? Second, we've got... Only yeah, so third player to do that, and he, and he deserves Wiki that. And Ruben Wiki played 300 games, but a bunch were at the Warriors. But Jason Croak the is Warriors, the only yeah. guy to play 300 games at the Raiders. Back in 1998, I took a certain man called Kevin Neal to task, and he's offside of Bob Finch at the time, because they'd made the decision that they were going to cut Ricky Stewart and Brad Clyde from our, our list going forward. And I as with a lot of people, treated that as almost heretical. Now, I knew it. Not everyone was of that view, though, at the time, because the way that it was sold to the fans was, hey, we've got Mark McClendon and and we've got to look to the future. I knew how it was sold to people, but this is the argument I made at the time, and I genuinely believe it was correct and history proved me right. Yeah, they might be old, they might be past their best, they might be carrying injuries that they're never going to really get better from, and they never did. You know, neither of them ever got back to the sort of form that they'd been in, right? Bradley Kide was going well at the bull, uh, the Bulldogs until he fell off the horse. Until he fell off the horse, yeah, yeah that's right. But they, they never got back to that uh, that amazing skills that they had been in. But what I, I said to Kevin Neal at the time and Bob Finch was, if you cut these two players, yes, ageing war horses, you are saying to every player at the club and every potential player at the club, it doesn't matter if you've opened a vein for us. It doesn't matter what you've done for our club. You are a package of meat. You are a package of meat. You don't rise above that. You're only good for us as long as you serve a purpose for us. And it tells everybody going forward, it doesn't matter what I've done. There is no special caveat where if I pay for them, they will look after me no matter what. And that plays a lot of difference in people's minds. So straight after that happened, when they went... Dave Ferner went, Brett Mullins went, um, Ben Kennedy went, and all these players went, and we couldn't attract players anymore because we lost that cohort of people. Now, I don't believe that we should just protect people um, because they've been great players, but there is a certain tier you get to where you must be looked after the club first and foremost because the club must show that there yeah. is that tier. Look, the issue is the, issue is the club signed him for a ridiculously long-term deal, which they, you know shouldn't have done and now we're all having to make tough decisions because of that if he was to re-sign like you look at people like Paul Gowan etc longer their career went on they kept on re-signing for less one and year. less yeah, and less right. money for one year deals and you know if he was on a couple hundred grand and he wanted to stick around and maybe get to 300 games that'd be a lot easier to take but the fact that he's on a very big contract taking up a lot of room in the salary cap and there is an opportunity for him to get a medical retirement whereby he would still get his entire contract paid out in full and yet the club would also then be able to move forward you know it's no, kind no, of a, it's no, kind no, of a win-win and that is a good argument and I don't have a problem with your argument and for virtually anybody else in our squad right now I would hear that argument and side entirely with you how many raiders players have had fairy tale finishes to their careers I'll, I'll give you one Mal Meningo. Mal, that's it that's it oh Chica. that's it well, yeah, maybe Chicka, but no one really gets a fairy tale. Dean Lance. 
No one really gets a fairy tale. There's three right there. There you go. No, the, the, yeah, the second it's, it's two. It's tough. I mean, he came. He came out and said that he's going to. He's going to work hard to it's, get it's back just, and, and make it. He, and you know that he's going to, but it's not really. I mean, you get to the point where you know he's busted. His knee's gone now. His shoulder's gone. You know, he's had issues with his neck, his back. He's he's played a lot of football. The game's never been more brutal, never been faster, and and I think it's time. You know, it makes it saddens me to say this, but I think it's time to for him to hang up the boots for the for the good of everyone. Well, every seat in that stadium is built off loyalty and built off you know the effort that these guys put in, and and what Ricky's trying to do is to is to harness that in a way that they 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 do it for each other. So you can't turn yeah. around and just cut someone. So really, the decision's going to be in Jared's hands, and it's completely in Jared's. I guess hands. staring down the barrel of retirement. Um, can't be easy and, and he's not going to make a decision in that first few weeks. You look at over here with Tom Brady, he retired and now he's back playing and I guess it'll be and a post-surgery in that first month. Yeah, well, yeah. we'll see. Look, um, if if Jared wants to play on, if that's his decision, if, that's, if he thinks he can come back and he's going to do it, he has my 100% support. But this is the other thing. He also had Don Furness and Ricky Stewart's hundred percent support. Oh, I it don't, will be entirely his decision. I don't I don't doubt that. Yeah. But it's it's the issue is and that's what it's it just be. that we can't have another year of like, you know, this is now two years in a row, we've got what, six, seven hundred grand, you know, off the I cap effectively. I argue that we can, because it's Jared Croker. I argue that we can have another year doing that because it's Jared Croker and he's damn well earned it. Like he has earned it. I mean, in an ideal world, you know, like if you're looking at it purely from a, a business point. Uh, standpoint, then yeah, you do want him to medically retire, and you do want to be able to use that money to either shore up some of the younger guys Joe that Tarpany. are out there in the market. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I agree. Um, but this is the thing: what I said at that stage was, Canberra isn't on the coast; it's not warm. It needs loyalty, and it needs good club culture. And good club culture is built on loyalty to players, and players knowing that the club means something to them, and they mean something to the club. Okay. And Jared Croker is that marker. Okay. If next year we lose one of our gun players. And we've got Jared Croker sitting on the sideline getting 600 grand for not doing anything. Don't come crying to me, Pork. Don't come crying to me. <laughs> well, all, I, all I'll tell you now, mate, is when they're looking to pull the pin on me, I'm certainly hoping it's not you who's making the fucking decision, mate. Tap him on the shoulder, Blake. <laughs> Something we need to talk about. Nah. Okay, moving on from the Jared Croker news. It's, it's unpleasant. No one likes talking about it, but you know, we really got to. It's 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 got to be discussed. It's got to be. No, I'm not. Someone's got to make some tough calls. That's some my position. Tough decisions. I, I guess that's what makes this conversation um, kind of harder to have. Is it's really close. You know, like aren't we all used to we bandied around this concept of Jared retiring last year, and it was kind of up in the air. And now after this second shoulder injury and then him reaching for the remote and doing it it's so how would he have played it how would he have got through a game how yeah. would he have got through a game Look, with that with that, if, that he wouldn't if, have he no, hadn't so he, come back in that bulldogs game and played as well as he did and he did play well his leadership was instantly noticeable and his defense was instantly shored up that side much better than it had you could see his passion you could see his leadership all over he made the team better if he had come back and been a passenger and people had been running past him, I might feel differently. But he showed that he'd had the determination and tried as oh, hard as he could to get back. I've never doubted his determination. I've never doubted his heart. What I doubt is his body. You know, his, his, his body, he's 31, but he's got a lot of miles on the clock. You know what I mean? He debuted very young. Anyway, next bit of news, Jack yeah. Hetherington. There's still more talk of Jack Hetherington. It's now, apparently, it's between ourselves and the Newcastle Knights. Um, I heard, according to David Rick, Jack's dad. On the radio, well, we'll get to the Jack's dad. David Riccio on the radio said, we've actually now increased our offer. We're serious about trying to sign Jack Hetherington. But um, there was a 
story I saw on Twitter last night saying that Brett Hetherington, that's his dad, not Jason Hetherington, that's someone completely different, Paul. Or Kobe, who we're playing this weekend. <laughs> Kobe. That's not his brother or cousin. Just a common surname. Uh, Brett Hetherington said he would love for his son to sign for the, sign for the Knights. Now, the actual story in the Newcastle Herald was behind a, pay, a News Limited paywall. So I didn't actually read it, but I was I was a bit taken back by that. I mean, I thought the whole thing would just buddy brought down Brett and Jack to the Hall of Fame, and now he wants to sign for the buddy Knights. Who? How is signing for the Knights in 2022 a better prospect than signing for the Raiders? What is it about the Knights that tells you they're in any way better prospect or moving forward more than we are? Well, I can tell you from the Raiders HQ perspective that um, they've actually recognised their error in the Hall of Fame. And it was, in fact, Jason Hetherington they were honouring for his role at being the opposition in the 1990 grand final for 94 grand final playing against the Raiders. Right. And so his picture has actually gone up there. And Brett can go choke on a bone, as far as I'm concerned. So, you know, you know what? And if he doesn't want to come here, I don't freaking want him. Yeah, of course. Of course. You don't you don't want people to come for that. If he wants to come, he wants to come. If he wants to be a Raider. If you want to choose to go to Newcastle, please, by all means, go choose to Newcastle. Go have a look at their results the last couple of seasons and go look at the Raiders. Unless results. your name's Adam Elliott. Unless yeah. your name's Adam Elliott. Then you can play for us for us the year. For the rest of the year, Adam, please stay. Yeah, oh, well, he's staying. But, um, he's staying. Played very, played very well. Played very well. Okay, played what other news you got for us? And the last bit of news that's come out, um, Raiders have been linked to a player out of the UK. Um, he's the fullback for Hull FC, Jake Connor. Mm. He currently leads the uh, Super League in try assists. I think it's 20-something try assists. C- can play fullback, kick goals. Um, probably play 5-8 as well. Defence apparently is a bit suspect, which and is not great news. Just as a public service announcement, um, if you do have a warped piece of vinyl... Um, you can come into Landspeed Records, and it's actually a service they provide for free, um, unwarping your vinyl. Yeah. So just remember just that. Giving people. something back to the community. Giving something back to the community. But so Jake Connor, it's an interesting one, especially sort of with the rise of um, Xavier Savage, which makes me think that CNK is definitely gone. If we're in the market for this um, fullback from UK, and it, interesting thing about the stories is the stories come out of the whole daily paper or whatever. So it's not someone, it's not the mole or someone reporting it here. It's, actually come from a paper over there so presumably whoever wrote the story is close to the club and and knows what's going on but he does have a contract so we'd have to pay another transfer fee which i can't imagine the club would be too keen to pay considering it how wouldn't be huge they... the footage i've seen of him play he looks like a bit of a distributor you know a bit more like yeah. a gareth Widdop playing fullback um not necessarily a hard runner but more like a link man yeah um, can he tackle and so the other thing is his tackling's not great but it's an interesting thing about it. he's not because you look at him, he's big. He's solid. He's like 98 kilos or something like that. The The general wisdom is that um, forwards that come over from Super League have all done well and the backs have all struggled. Mm. But if you look at the backs that have come over, the ones that have struggled just lack the physicality. Mm. You look at Oliver Gildart at um, mm. Tigers. He's been a disastrous signing. I mean, I, I said a couple of years ago on this show we should sign him, but he's fast, but he's just not big enough. You know, um, I raised that with Rick and he laughed. Yeah, oh, that's good. Sam Tompkins was another one. Again, very skillful player, but just lacked the physicality. To... He was also on a crappy team. Yeah. Like, he, he wasn't in a good setup at that stage. No. So I, I think it's hard. Zach Hardacre is one that you could probably... Yeah. He's go... in trouble again. Yeah. He's got sacked again from somewhere. He's, he's a bit of a wild... Wasn't wild he at Wigan? Yeah, bring, he was at Bring back the Black Pearl. Bring back Ellery Hanley. Yeah, he's 68 and he's dead. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Thanks, Paul. <laughs> 
Sorry, that's Sims quite. I don't know if Ellery's dead. That's a, he's yeah, alive. Yeah, so. He's very much alive. Yeah, anyway. Anyway, that's good. Look, we've got to go over to the, the Roosters win. Um, look, I want to start where we usually finish. The Raiders review with Blake and the Pork. Land speed records, $20 man in the match voucher. Again. I don't know how many times it is this season, but I think it's enough that he can probably buy half the store. It goes to Joe Tarpanay. Yeah, unbelievable yep. again. He, oh, you know, a couple of weeks ago we were saying, is he the best? Is he one of the top four props in the game? He's the top is he prop. the best? He's the top prop in the game right now. The and only the- only prop I think can possibly argue with him is a person who's off colour with everyone, and that's Payne Haas. Well, he actually, you know, there's some stats have come out about um, Joe Tarpany in the week. He now leads the competition for post contact meters. Yeah, it's no one's made more post contact meters than him. Joe, it's not it's even actually, close. Payne Haas is second, yeah. and he's ahead of Tino. He's ahead of um, Jason Tamalolo. Uh, at the game on Sunday, they could not put him down. I think only... they put him down once, and the, oh. they, we got a penalty because they did it and went on after the hold. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, which Butcher was doing all day. Do you know what they were doing all, all day? And it, it seemed to be a tactic, um, and it paid off a couple of times, but they were going for the strip constantly. And they did it. How many did they get? Yeah, well, they, they got two. They got Savage, and, and they got uh, Hudson Young, definitely. But I almost yep. think that it was a, a weird slowing down the ruck thing as well. That in that, that sort of, you get an extra second where you're fighting for the ball before, you know, the, the ref calls held and you play the ball. I don't know whether it's... it's a, I mean, obviously, you only got one in the tackle, but it's it seemed like it was almost a tactic. And Robinson's a great coach. He really is. And he obviously recognised that one of the ways that we're going to play is through the middle with offloads. So, you know, clearly they were looking at trying to shore up the ball when it was either Taps, Adam Elliott, um, Horsburgh all had it because, you know, yeah. that's one of the ways that we do like to play is having... Savage or Rappin are running off those offloads, and and we still managed to get a few and get some second and third phases. Um, but no, the game seemed like it was. Uh, I mean, there was a lot of penalties in that first half, and and one of the things that as Raiders fans we've often, I mean, any rugby league fan, you're always going to criticise what the referee's doing um, to your team and not to others. But he he really made the Roosters accountable for the ten. There was a lot of offside penalties in that first half, which. People in commentary were complaining about, but I think it, it definitely allowed us to. Those were long overdue. The Roosters do that all the time. Exactly. The no, the yeah, they the do game. it. Manly do it. Yeah. They, they were quick so off the line, and, and they were getting done for it. The other one was the ruck infringements of going on on with the play was ridiculous. Um, within that, look, I thought Adam G had a pretty good game. I thought um, both the touchies missed things they should have called. There was the forward pass for the Billy Smith try. Um, which live, I wasn't sure, but Sharky was well, the next Mo- to me. He called try. it live. Yeah. yeah, the Momorowski try. Sharky called that live and said that was positively forward, and I wasn't sure. Um, I looked at the replay when I got home. Oh, it was forward, all right. There was no question about that, but the touchy was a fair way behind it. Um, yeah, did so you see the touchy did a goosey. So everyone's talking about how the touchy did this goose step, and I reckon yeah. it was because if you look at it, you'll see him about a split second later, he does this big goose step. And I think it's because he wanted to maybe call the play up. He was thinking that's forward, but then he realized that Adam G was in line. So he didn't call it. So he does this weird off step because it was forward, you know, Crichton was, yeah, was yeah. looking a dummy and then had to throw it late. Um, that was right was, in front of us. Interesting... I, I didn't call that. Was it? Yeah. Sharky, yeah. Sharky called it live. I, I didn't see it live. I thought it was fine, but then the replay on, on the telly showed it very clearly that it was. Um, look, last week I called for a couple of players to lift. I called for Javier to lift, and he lifted again. He lifted. That was two he went, weeks in a row. He went. He went to another level. He, again. he, he went to another level. Yeah. And and you're right, Blake, when you say that what he's doing is he's really 
now making a point of when he hits the line, going in between two defenders rather than in one. He's doing that well. He is finding mm-hmm. his front well. Um, he so- didn't get dominated. So the previous week against Parramatta, um, he was getting like he was finding his front, but then they were all flopping on top of him, and he was getting slow play the balls. He was getting fast play the balls. Yeah, against the Roosters, he got a penalty for them holding him down, trying to get up and play it. Now he, he had a great, another great game. No, he had, he had a great game, and the the kick return meters were great because they're bombing to him, waiting for him to drop it. He's not dropping it, and then he's running like Billio, and he's he's making twenty five thirty meters virtually every time before he hits them. So, and he's not losing it when he's done it. And yeah. the, the pickup for the try was magical. It was absolutely brilliant. Yeah. But also, Rhino's offload was and Ryan yeah. Sutton had a good game again, nice solid game. Um, another player I uh, asked to lift was Big Red. I think we can conclusively say Big Red lifted. Oh, he was fantastic. He was the charge down was was fantastic. The fact that he had so little faith in himself to get rid of Sam Walker and go straight <laughs> for underneath the sticks was a little bit sad. But I mean, um, his pass to Sebastian Chris was great, and he kept running his line, and Chris scored. That was very very good. Chris has got some pace. He really does. Yeah. Um, and mm-hmm. he has, you know, that's eight tries in, in oh, the last eight matches. He's, he's he knows how to find his way over the line. He's taken his demotion, he's learnt from it, and he's come back, and he had, he stepped up to be where we wanted him to be. It reminds me of uh, Ricky Ponting. You know, how many times did he get dropped from the Australian side before he came back and he was that player? I think Seb Chris is going to be along those lines. He's just getting better and better. Um, <laughs> the other thing, um, I think we've talked about it before, and, and we were anticipating it, but Joey Manu. Yeah. Um, how good was Unbelievable. that? Unbelievable. Yeah, I mean, he was... He was Unbelievable! I just if Tedesco plays at fullback in that game, does he play as well as good as that? Maybe not. I don't Maybe know. Maybe not. But Roosters would be better off at as Tedesco at fullback because then they have Manu defending in the centres, which proved to be a bit of a, a weak spot for it, them. It did, but the thing is, or what, throw that, one of them at five eight because they both yeah, want them to have the ball in the middle. Joey Manu is unbelievable. Right? He's got to be one of the best players in the competition to watch play. Just he's, the way that he he's the best player and, that isn't in the spine. In the comp, yeah, he does the same thing pretty much yeah. every every single time. But it just he just bounces and fends and then flops it out and keeps on going. But and it's so smooth. Spins. He's yeah. never hurried. It's smooth. No, it's he's, strong. It's smart. He's I mean, and he's thirty odd runs and, and he's yeah. easy on the eyes too. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, the other I, one that you know impressed me and the first time I've seen play live. Uh, obviously, there's been a lot of hype about Joseph Suwali. Mm. He was very good. Yeah, he, he was. was he's good. a target, isn't he? Yeah. he? Could have scored three. Just his, yeah. his timing with a couple of those jumps was off, but he was a weapon and a threat every time. But look, all those guys that you mentioned were great. It's so good to see Horsburgh play big minutes and play well. It's one of those things that, especially in the off season, I know I spoke about on this show a long time ago. About I was worried about the game move past um, Big Red, but he had a great game, you know, and he played mm-hmm. long minutes because we didn't have. Mooney um, come on until really late in the game, and Schiller didn't come on, so we relied on some of yeah. these guys playing big, big minutes against well, the first half. Pack, so they did the, really well. The first half, the only person that came off the bench was Ryan Sutton, and yep. then uh, I think Horsburgh went back on. Horsburgh came off, Ryan Sutton went on, and then Horsburgh came back off. So we didn't, you know, and then again Starling didn't come. He came on a bit earlier than he did against um, and I think the incident sales. came on he really added something too just that energy a, a spark around the middle was definitely noted look yeah. no one can fault and when we needed it yeah yeah no one can fault Wolford's defense but there comes a point where he's not offering dynamic attack no he actually had he had no runs against Parramatta he had one run mm. for about 2 meters i think against yeah. whereas he was Hudson Young's, against... Hudson Young's defense was pretty epic in this game too it he just really kept turning was. up and when the game fell apart late you know really late in the second half and there was a lot of broken down play, and Manu and um, 
Uh, Connor Watson you yep. know, started to cause a bit of havoc through the middle. Often the guy that, that shut that down was um, oh, Hudson that, Young. I and he came, he came through fantastic. quite brutally a few times doing that. Um, yeah, no, yeah. he was good. Look, the other player who absolutely excelled um, and I think was one of the top three players on the field along with Manu and Tarpane was Adam Elliott. Yeah. He once more excelled. Um, it was great to see Trey Mooney come on. I think he was good. I think it was, it was great to blood him. But there was no question while he was off was when the Rooster started to get a toehold back in the match. And when Elliott came back on, that reversed. And it wasn't because Trey Mooney wasn't good. It's because Adam Elliott is really good. And he really he's running hard, he's tackling well, and his, his leadership is clearly there. He said to the guys, I'm leaving but I'm going to play out the season. <laughs> well, he's making good on that. Yeah, he's a wholehearted player. He's the sort of player you want in your club. And each week that goes by, I think we're going to be sadder that he's leaving. But, you know, it's it's happened now and we all move on. Well, the, the question is at the moment now, obviously the number one priority of the club is the extension for Joe Tarpanay. Um, and I said last week that he's one of the very few players I'd be saying five years. But I'd be I'd be putting a five-year deal on the on the table for him sooner rather than later at the sort of price where he's just not going to muck around going to the market and having that uncertainty he's just going to secure his future and get on with it yeah Yeah. I mean how old is he five years is a long time 25 I think no he's old he's like 27 28 he came came to us in 2016 he was 19 what is he now he's he's just turned 28 yeah look he's a pro like you can definitely you can definitely give him that I I just I I, I just six years no, not six. No one, you don't give anyone six. Jared Croker's contract. Ten years. Shut up. But that's the thing. But look, ten million, a million a year for ten years. Take it or leave it, Joe. Look, the the match was very good. I think we once more saw um, Adam Frawley. Uh, sorry, Matt Frawley, the shoe man. The shoe man. The shoe man was very solid. He was solid in defence, and God knows they tried him. They yeah. went at him, and they went at him, went at him. But he stood up to it very, very well. I thought his kicking game was actually well, pretty, pretty his, solid. His kicking game was a lot better than um, Fogarty's, who will probably feature in a segment later on in the show but actually once after Fogarty's kicks weren't going that great we pretty much switched around to uh, Frawley taking over the majority of the kicking and it was a lot better well yeah uh, look he kicked very well I don't want to malign uh, uh, Jamal Fogarty because that's his second game in green so look I think he's he's doing quite well I do want to lord Matt Timoko for having half a chance and making it into a try. Like, he got around Momorowski, who's a good defensive Yeah, I mean, we were saying last week on the show, Momorowski is a great defensive centre. Yeah, I would have gone over it. He, 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 he completely... He was last year. Yeah. The, 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 yeah, it's... The only thing yeah, it was that you that said it, Matthew, so you just... That Timoko could have done mistakes. better than that was, instead of putting the ball straight down, which I do endorse because I want the try, probably could have come five metres to the left when he did it, and Fogarty would have got the conversion. Yeah, that would have been And nice. that would have really been a nicer last five minutes for us, I think. The, um, the thing about Timoko is, you know, he hasn't got that much ball, really, since he's been on the right. He hasn't got... You know, he started off brightly, and then he's... You go, well, he's been quiet, but he hasn't got... He, most of his runs he's had to take have been those sort of carries out of his Dirty. own end, and... Yep. He's shown that he's the sort of centre that, you know, give him early ball every now and then, like a Stags or, you know, Bradman Best or something. Give him early ball and see what they can do. Because he can. He can do it. Especially on the right. On the right's where he's comfortable. He said that he trained there all off-season. You know, Harley was on the left and Timoko was on the right, so he's comfortable there. You know, in some centres, they've got one or two tricks. You know, they can slide to the outside and and he showed that. Like, he showed that his ability to be able to get the ball on the inside shoulder, get to the outside, still have the power through the hips to get to the line. 
Um, so that, really they'll, 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 exactly they'll put that one in say. the book. And, <laughs> really? Well, it's because good he has the ability to get round <laughs> on, on the outside of his player, but then that drive to go on with the job. So if it's one-on-one, the yeah. person better be good because otherwise he's going to go another five, ten metres, no yeah. question. You see, maybe with Fogarty there, he'll get some more early ball. Cause the, the, Fogarty, mate. Fogarty, sorry. Uh, he'll get some more early balls because our attack with Jack is normally so left-side focused that the right sometimes can catch a bit of a cold. It can, it can. Look, mm-hmm. there was uh, there was something in that match that uh, annoyed me. You might say it uh, ground my gears. You know what really grinds my gears? Do you know what grinds my gears, Blarko? Uh, tell us. You don't. You don't know because I haven't written on any of yours. Hardcore metal? I don't know. <laughs> no, no. Butcher. Dance music? Butcher. Got, Which one? Um, the, Egan? The, yeah, the 13. Matt? Yeah, yeah. Three penalties in the first half for exactly the same damn thing, going on with the tackle, holding down. Um, one of them was right near the beginning and then two were right next to each other and after the second one he'd got a warning to lay off it and he did it and no one said anything to him at all. Now, you know if he'd been wearing a green jersey that was 10 in the freaking bin. Maybe. You know, and it grinds my gears that someone can just repeatedly do that because so, G did really good with the, the, the 10 metres. Yeah. I, thought, I thought he did really well and it gave the Raiders more room because, you know, the 10s have been skinny and... He did really well with that. He did. He, he controlled the game. He did very well. I like that. But there has to be some... When someone's literally going and working players in over the ball to hold them down as long as they can and turtle them after the held has been called, Yeah. and that's what all three were for, he was turning people over after... Put them in the held. bin. Put them in the freaking bin. Put them in the bin. And if you can't bin, you know... Well, well this is the thing about the penalty count. It was... Grinds you know, my gears. It was five to ten. The Roosters are the most penalised comp team in the comp for a reason because you know, they do it deliberately. yeah they push the line they've always they've always done it doing it's not accidental no they know it was exactly like they, the six again was as brought in as much for the roosters as it was the melbourne storm yeah, yeah. they've always they've so always i want to bring it. back the five minute bin yeah a lot of people want i think to that, i think but... professional foul and a and a um foul play should be 10 but then if it's just you know like repeated a, a, infringement a, com- yeah, repeated infringement, and it should be five in the bin. And slapping, five, slapping five minutes. five minutes, slapping five minutes, closed fist punch ten. You know what I liked when um, we did get one of those uh, penalties when he was going on with Hudson Young, and Hudson threw the ball at him. And no, he hit him over the top, back of the head. And that then, wasn't. Then, then, then that the was Hudson, Butcher, Fletcher Baker. All right, and then um, Big Red pushed. Big Red came Big Red. in and just yeah. thumped him, and I was just like, yeah, no, no, you're not going to take that crap. And I, I quite like that. I was a bit worried we were going to give away a penalty. but Oh, he's lucky to stay on the field there, Big he Red. Pushed That's, him. He didn't hit him. He pushed that. him. Look, we do have you the Broncos do that, this weekend. You don't weekend. be third man in. No, no. We, well, yeah. we, we have the Broncos this weekend up there at Suncorp Stadium. Um, we've actually won the last three against them. Um, you know what our record is? I've, I've actually been gone to the archives. I've, I've had a bit of a look. You know, actually, I'm going to save this for a later segment. So, all right, right, right. Bit. So, so, start what you're saying again, please. Right. We're going to go through the team list, you idiot. That's where we're going through. And this brought to you, this segment is brought to you by Jersey's Mega Store on Iron Knob Street, Fishwick, out near the Canberra Outlet Centre, otherwise known as the CSC. Metal Knob. Yeah, the CSC. CSC. Mm-hmm. And if they don't have the jersey you're looking for, well, I'll be stunned. Go out there and challenge them. Go out there and challenge them and say, I want this jersey. And my bet is... Where's my jersey? Where's the jersey? Go out there and get it. Great. Try and get a green one, for God's sake. Yeah, get a green one, for goodness sake. That's what you really want. No more blue. Okay, so we we know that Jordan Rappin is out. Or orange or red. Lashed out after the cannonball, which in itself didn't get charged, which amazes me. 
but yeah. uh, has accepted uh, the week out. Uh, Zach Wolford, well, I think it hasn't been confirmed. Zach Wolford, no, it's fine, and he's taken. He's it. got a fine take. Yeah. I didn't. I hadn't heard yeah. whether he'd done it or not. Yeah. So we start with Javier Savage still at the back um, with CNK still out. We got uh, Nick Chotrich on one wing who had a solid game, but they're picking on him in the air. Um, James Schiller comes in to replace Jordan Rapiner. Do you know, I think his tactic was with Suwal, which obviously didn't work at the end, but he was actually, he wasn't even trying to compete. He's just like, I'll let him catch it and then try and... And that's probably that what his coach tactic. to do. That's probably what his coach to do. Well, one of the things that annoyed me in that in that try that was scored, um, Frawley and uh, Seb Chris jogged over. That kick goes up for a mile. They needed to run back there because they got there on time. So Ali comes down, and there's plenty of time to hold him up. Yeah. And they weren't there. And and that, you know, if you want to win against the really good sides... You that can grinds my gears. It. it grinds my gears. Anyway, in the centres, we got no change. We've got Matt Timoko and we've got Sebastian Chris. Um, then in the halves, Jack Whiten has been named returned from Origin. 50-50, I reckon, to play. I don't think Jack's record of backing up from Origin is 100%. Uh, I got, Papa's is 100%. Papa always backs up I got 50 cents that says Jack White and will play this match. Uh, I think he probably will too. Yeah, but he's been named at six. Jamal Fogarty in his return to Queensland is at seven. Then the front row, we've got Josh Papali'i backing man? up. Uh, we'll get there. Uh, Josh Papali'i at eight. Joseph Tarpane at ten with Zach Wolford having taken that early plea uh, at hooker. Second row, Unchained, Hutto Young, Elliot Whitehead, and Adam Elliott at 13. So that is an undisturbed front row, apart from the Papali'i return. On the bench, Tom Starling in 14, Ryan Sutton in 15, Corey Hutter-Witter-Nider uh, returns from his COVID Yay. protocol in 16 jersey, and Big Red in 17 makes up the bench. That's a good-looking bench. It's a pretty good-looking side. Good then, for the Bronx, we have Tamare Martin, who you got to say, coming back from good what was him. meant to be season-ending injury, has really made yeah, a fist I've always of it liked... at fullback. No, lifetime injury. Season-ending yeah. injury. Yeah, yeah. That's, that really made a, a fist of it at fullback, and there's no mistake that since he's been there, the Broncos have been looking a lot better. Yeah. Um, then on one wing, you got uh, the old stager, Corey Oates, who'll be up against... Uh, Corey Oates is really back to his best again yeah, this year. There was, a, it was a, you know, in the off-season, and there was talk that he was done, and they wanted yeah, yeah. to cut him and everything else, but he's... And again, he provides that um, aerial threat that yeah, we yeah. seem to... Uh, and hard ball returns. Yeah. Like, he'll do your dirty runs as well. On the other wing, you got the, the Wonderkind, who'll be backing up in Selwyn Cobbo, who's finally worked out... You know when... A flick suddenly, a switch suddenly flicks in a player when they go from promise to actually delivering promise. Unfortunately, I think Selwyn's switch may have actually flicked. Didn't take long. He's very, very quick. But do I you know no one has more handling errors in the NRL this season? No yeah. one's dropped more balls. No one. He's got twenty-five errors. Does he? But yeah. how many tries has he got? A few. Yeah, a few. And that's you know you'd swap a few errors for a few tries. In the halves, you got a very, very. It centres. You got a very good centre pair, pairing in Katoni Staggs, who has finally rehit the form we all know he's capable of. This bloke is one of the best centres in the game. Yeah, he's outstanding. He's, will he back up? He. Uh, Time will tell. I, I can't imagine he won't. He's a young kid. And Herbie Farnworth from uh, Northern England, uh, from doing very, Burnley, very well. Really now starting to pay yeah, dividends. So here's an English back who's starting to really. Yeah. Um, well, he came out here when he was young and sort of you know he's like a. He's Gareth Widdop, like he's uh, got a very thick Lancashire Harry accent. Rushton. Right there. Harry Rushton, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. yeah very same. Um, Ezra Mann has held his spot at five eight um, as Adam Reynolds returns from his hamstring injury. Um, that's their halves, very good halves pairing because Ezra Mann's looked really good. The front row: Corey Jensen and Payne Haas, who will back up and will be a handful. Billy Walters is the hooker. 
the uh, second row is Tia Rabati, um, who can do some stuff. He's an interesting player. He's He's got a few tricks up his sleeve. And Jordan Ricky, who I've seen do some pretty good stuff. Patrick Carrigan uh, locking oh, the scrum. Oh, Ricky is a fan. Patrick Carrigan locking the scrum uh, along with Should we play that mat or hey, Ricky. Leave it? Should we go play that yeah, one? Hey, Ricky. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Jordan. Yes, sir. Uh, yes, sir. Uh, and then you've got Corey uh, Payne, 14. You've got Kobe Hetherington, not to be confused with Jack Hetherington <laughs> in 15. Or Jason. Or, or Jason. Brent. Yeah, yeah. Or anyone else called Hetherington. you got Thomas Flegler in 16. And you got uh, Keenan Palisaya, um in the 17 jersey. So that's uh, fairly... Look, we're going to have our work cut out again for us in that. I think if we've got an advantage, it's going to be in the pack. I think our pack is better. But um, look, pound for pound across the board, they've got some real talent, especially in the back line. You can expect to see a lot of early ball getting out there. Unfortunately, yeah, look, it, it, with Adam Reynolds coming back, it will be well orchestrated. It really depends if Stags and Cobo play, doesn't it? You know, that it's going to be a big... If both of them back up. I can't imagine they wouldn't. Well, we'll see. I can't imagine. Look, we'll so yeah, gets... and also how many minutes Paddy Carrigan plays? He's he's important to their side in the middle. Yeah, he is. Payne Haas as well. Yeah, really. So it's the extended bench. Who's on the extended bench? Now, something odd's happened. We've only named five on our extended bench, so it's the Raiders five up against the Broncos seven. Isn't there something that you now only have to? Didn't it change? You now only have to like at a certain point. You now. Have to only name five. As yeah, opposed, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's anyway. So that's the key. Anyway, so how can we? How can five a five man extended bench beat a seven man extended bench? Well, let's let's read. Are on. you going to go pound for pound compare them? Let's you just know, read on. We got Reese Kennedy in nineteen. Do you remember Roy and HG? They had they had the Kevin Hardwick factor. Yeah, Kevin Hardwick is famously the guy from the nineteen eighty nine grand final with the hair. And I know the who Kevin Hardwick. Well, is. I'm, some of the younger listeners probably don't. Right? Do we have younger listeners? Yeah, we've got a couple. So uh, look, text us in if you are below forty. <laughs> I've seen that. I've seen the demographics. There are some. Really? Uh, yeah. Send us a texter. Is it Eddie and Matt? <laughs> <laughs> it's halftime, Henry. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so Roy and HG had this thing where Kevin Hardwick was the most average player that ever played the game, right? So that they would rate other players as to how many Kevin Hardwicks they were worth. So you could say, well, it, Ricky Stewart might be worth three Kevin Hardwicks. Four. Well, <laughs> anyway. <laughs> You know, Brett but, Todd, but, Brett Todd, one and a half. groin in 91 and his his knee in 93, we're talking about him in, you know, he's got five premierships and we're talking about him in terms Seven of Seven Kevin Hardwicks. We're talking about yeah. him in terms of being immortal. That's all that stood between him and a lot of people need to blow it out their ass they think otherwise. So on the reserves bench, uh, and we'll do the Hardwick meter in a second, uh, for the Broncos, we've got 19 Reese Kennedy. we got... Uh, Reese Kennedy, brother, younger brother of Jared Kennedy, there you former go. Raider. From Churros Heads. From Churros Heads. There you so go. Spot you and I both know well. Yeah, we do indeed. Uh, we've got uh, 20, Jordan Pereira. We've got 21, Brenko Lee. There Brenko he is. Brenko Lee, the forgotten man. Brenko, well, I haven't forgotten him. I know you know, Brenko Lee's won an Origin Series and won a Premiership. So yep. whatever happens from now on, he's had a pretty good career. He has. He has had a pretty good career. And he's still playing. I've always rated him as a player. Yeah, yeah did I? I think he was good. Uh, we've got 22, Ryan James. Another ex-Raider there. There we forgotten go. Forgotten man. Well, we kind of thought that he'd... Go on and he doesn't like you. You called him a plotter. Well, he hasn't. He hasn't done. He has the decency when he's listening he's to halftime speech to break wind outside the room and then yeah, I saw and, that. and then <laughs> and then move it away. So he's, he's, a, he's a decent dude. He's a great bloke, but he's done nothing in the Broncos to 
dispel my view that he's entered into the, the plotter. He's plotter a plotter, stage. is he? Then he used to be brilliant. To 23, be brilliant. Xavier Willison. Then we got 24, Brendan uh, Piacura. Piacura, sorry. And then their 18th man is Deloise Hooter. Nice. Or Houter. Houter might be. That's theirs. Uh, Deloise, that's a, that's yeah, a that's fantastic brilliant. name, isn't it? He was born. So he's the 6th of the 3rd, 1994. So what's that? He's 28. Right, and he's come from the previous club. He's come from the West Tigers. Uh, his debut was in 2015. He's 185. He's a centre. Um, and he's had eight appearances all up in his career. So, late bloomer. He mm. might have the... What was the name of our bloke? Darren Porter. The Darren Porter Award. I was going to say Clay Priest. Clay Priest, I think, was younger. Yeah, than, maybe. Porter was 28 when he... When Darren he Porter is actually um, uh, his brother's friend of mine. And he was plucked by uh, Mal Meninga from the Canberra competition. He's playing for West Belcon or whatever. Yeah. Rushed in. Yeah, 28 years old. Anyway, for the Raiders bench, we got the shoe man, Matt Frawley in number 19. We got Trey Mooney, uh, now got a game under his belt and, and uh, jumper 20. Harry Rushton, who's really got to be knocking on the door of this side. If you watched the reserves last week, as we all did, um, he's playing first grade football in reserve grade. He really yeah, is. Great player. He's he's the kid's going to be a champion, a star. Uh, Adrian Trevelyan, who I'm happy to say uh, he's in the 22, has also made a very successful return from injury and is going from strength to strength. So our hooker depth is good. And then Semi Valame is back on the extended bench, who also had a bloody good game. Semi, you got a semi, Matt. He was really good. And still got a semi. Semi. And Semi. Yeah. Is the 18th. It's a permanent semi. So anyway, in spite of the fact, so Reese Kennedy's got a single hard wick. Pereira's a hard wick. Renko Lee's got a two hardwick, so that's four hardwicks. Ryan James is, well... He's pretty much a hardwick these days. He's, he's a hardwick, <laughs> so what have we got now? We're up to five hardwicks. Xavier Williams, that's a hardwick. Uh, Pierre Cura, that's a hardwick. Deloise, I'm giving him a hardwick. Half a hardwick? Yeah, so we've got half a hardwick. <laughs> so we've got eight hardwicks. But are you going to average that out? Over, are you going to average that out? Are you just getting a pure... Yeah, no, well, one, but I can only go on what I've got. Okay. Matt Frawley we've got here at 19. I'm giving him a hardwick and a half. <laughs> I'd say at least two. You give him two hardwicks. Okay, hardwicks. two hardwicks. Yeah. Uh, Trey Mooney, I'm giving him a hardwick. Yeah. I, I've, I've got wraps on the kid, but there's a hardwick. I'm giving Harry Rushton two hardwicks. Nice. So we're up to five. Aiden Trevelyan, uh, I believe he's going to have more hardwicks in him, but at the moment he's got one. And Sammy Valame is two hardwicks. So we've got two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. It's a tie. Wow. It's a tie. So the extended, bench, the extended bench. But the extended bench does have... Matt, the shoe man, Frawley on it. So I'm giving the extended bench to the Canberra Raiders. Hey. So there you go. So the Broncos you know, speaking game. Of Matt, speaking of Matt Frawley, um, his winning percentage in the halves for the Raiders now is up to 80%. That's ridiculous. It's up to 80%. He's had a couple of games where he's been on the bench and played a hooker where we've lost. Yeah. But games where he started in the halves, we've got an incredible record. Mm. Well, he makes his bloody tackles, that's for sure. And his kicking game. He did on the weekend. <laughs> His yeah. shoulders would have been sore on the weekend. Oh, he put yeah, his he was, he was face sore. in front of Tupanur a lot. He's, when, when he comes off the field, he looks as though he's aged about 10 years, that bloke. He does. He does. He's looking my age now. He's, he's looking like he's just hit. When his... he comes off the field, he looks like Adam Trevelyan. <laughs> Adrian Trevelyan. He might not have much hair, but apart from that, he's quite youthful. Like me, he's growing a forehead. <laughs> okay, so um, I'll tell you what. After the, the Roosters match, um, Elliot Whitehead... He just looked like Ray Price used to look like coming off the field in '86. He looked like everything hurt, everything was stiff. Why? How did he? How did he stay on the field and yeah, not get yeah. taken off for a HIA? Did yeah, it made, s- made a mockery of it. You know, it was only. Did you see that, Matt, on the oh, TV? 
Yeah, there, there was a head clash with him yeah. and Big Red, Red. and I, they the commentators spoke about it straight away. I guess the our trainer checked him, and they must have said it was a gash and a cut, not yeah. A, but a it's still that's still knock, that's still a head knock. It's a head knock. That's yeah. a head knock. And yeah, it's when his head getting knocked. I saw the trainer like give the thumbs up and he stayed on the field. And I thought I was then watching the sideline to see someone like an, the official doctor or whatever. You know how the, the NRL watches the thing and calls him off. It never happened. I, I, I was very fortunate. Yeah, I wonder it, only because he's a Yorkshireman uh, yeah. and they just assume, well, yeah. what does it matter? <laughs> it's the only thing. I or that of. the independent doctor is from Canberra and he's a fan. Like if you're getting an independent doctor in Sydney, he could be a fan of any club. But if you're getting an independent doctor from Canberra, he might Maybe be like, is the no, independent is the independent NRL doctor appointed? In the bunker? Is it? No, no, no it's down the sideline. It's, yeah, the, right. it's in the, He's just in, in the entrance to the tunnel. But it's yeah, right. definitely independent. And they're pull, there was one on the weekend, not our match, but another one where a player got pulled off by the um, uh, for a head injury assessment and no one could figure out what the hell it was for. Um, well, remember that game when we played against Zouse and they took off um, the centre who got smacked by Jack White in that tackle yeah. and he didn't need to be taken off. He just got hit in the back. But we're lucky because I guess at that time it was... It was a really important time of the game where we needed um, some players Smell to play some big minutes. If they both had have gone off and we were carrying oh, it back on the side, on, on the disaster. bench, we would have been in a bit of trouble. Oh, Absolute and disaster. believe me, bitchy, bitchy Blarko was saying, I told him not to carry it. The instant it happened, the instant it happened, he was up there saying that. Oh, my God, it was painful. Blake Stradamus almost oh, came for through God's for sake. Us. Anyway, we've got the Broncos coming up. The Bronx are coming off a bye. The record of sides coming off a bye and winning is ridiculously good, especially when they're at home. They've got eight wins and four losses, um, and the last four games they've scored 30-plus in each one, and all of them have been wins. At home, they've got four wins and two losses at home. Um, and, you know, the Raiders have had seven away games and for a two and five records, but those two wins are both the last two away matches we had, one of which was at Suncorp Stadium. So that's... Um, that, I think, is a pretty good uh, indication that we've got a fairly good chance. But I dug a little bit deeper into the stats on this one, just as Blarke was dealing de- a little bit heavier into the stats. Um, I'm also capable of doing that because I'm an impressive man, wouldn't you say? What Happy you can read. What are you, you going to say? Uh, I'm looking at their, their stuff, right? So they're away, Matt. They're wins, right? So they won against South at home in the first round. No Adam Reynolds for South. Then they won against the dogs away. This is the no Broncos. Adam Reynolds for Souths for the Broncos for the Broncos <laughs> for the Broncos. Yeah, 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 yeah. So they won in that match, but Souths also didn't have Adam, Adam Reynolds. Yeah, they haven't had him all year. Yeah, that's it's right. Part of that. That's why they're not doing very well. Yeah, possibly that could be it. Then they beat the Broncos, beat the dogs away, but then they went on a four-game losing streak when they got hammered by the Cows. Then they lost to the Warriors, which is a a crime that we share with them. Yeah. Um, then they lost to the Roosters, and then they got. Cleaned up by the Panthers. Everyone gets cleaned up by the Panthers. There's nothing in that. But then they've gone on a winning streak of five freaking matches. Sharks, Souths, Manly, Knights, and Titans. So what they've been pushing over hasn't been fantastic, but they've been really doing a job. Last week, we all thought they were gone against the Titans, or the week before, yeah. we thought, and then they came back. and they That's showed as much that, on the Titans as on the Broncos. It is, but they showed the mental fortitude to come back. Now, that's not something that, um, you know bodes well in that regard but the other thing um that i want to look at is that um yeah right that's good so their overall average oh sorry no i was going to that so their overall season average score is actually pretty damn good at the moment it's like 24 points to 14 is what they're scoring at the Mm. moment and in the Mm -hmm. last five rounds it's absolutely ridiculously good so they're scoring points and that really worries me they've got attack i mean they've definitely got attack now when you've got you know 
Cobo and Stags on fire, you're going to score more points. So we've got to defend as well as we possibly we've can. We've got to hope they're not playing. They're ruled out through origin. I think we've got to beat who's in front of us, yeah. and we've got to play well. And those guys are beatable. We've just got to defend well. Our defence has been the key to our coming back into this competition. You know, we beat the Bulldogs basically when our team was still in a shambles because the team hung together and defended well. Yeah. That's what they which did, dispels, and every week we've improved. Which dispels, you know, there's been talk from certain people out there saying that at various times Ricky had lost the dressing room. From who was that? I don't know. The team does not play. Wasn't for me. The team does not play like the. No, you're, you're Ricky's chief detractor. I am not. Here you I'm are. one of his main supporters. You asked for him to be sacked and replaced <laughs> by Shane Flanagan. I never said that. Yeah, you never did. Said, that was a private text message. You're uh, you're pathetic. <laughs> anyway, I told you that at the time. We haven't. Yeah. Go, Matt. We I was saying we we haven't beat them in Brisbane in a no. decade. Okay, so we're preempting a, a a segment that's coming up. But yeah, the last time we. Last time we beat them was in Brisbane. It was in 2010. And we beat them 18 to 16. Do you know who the respective coaches for the two teams were back in 2010? Mm. We'll start with the Raiders one. That should be David Ferner. David Ferner, yeah. Who was the Broncos coach? Another former Raider legend. Ivan Henjak. Ivan Henjak. We beat them 18-16. There were two tries to um, Vito, who was playing for us, not the Broncos then. One to Josh Dugan, and Jerry Croker kicked three from three. And that was the difference. Croker's kicking, because um, they had Corey Parker kicking, and he missed a goal. Anyway, so that was the last time we beat them up there. That is a freaking long time ago. But you know, the year before, um, and this was a very memorable game, Saturday the 1st of August 2009, Mm. the Raiders played um, the Broncos Mm. at at Canberra Stadium. Mm. One of Carmichael's Hunt's last games mm. uh, before he headed to AFL. Do you know what the score was in that game? Just try and guess what the score was I'm in that channeling, game. I'm channeling Lord Matt, Funkington. any ideas? And I'm going to say... 56 nil. 56 nil. I believe that's what the reference <laughs> is from. 56 nil. I believe that's what he does from the reference. Look, if we're going to no, win we this... The Cowboys by 56 points as well. We discovered the other week as well. Did we? All yeah. right. Well, if we're going to win this match, we must defend well and we must not drop the ball. I think the points will come. We can grind out points, like yeah. take our opportunities. We can grind out points. But if we allow them to get their heads up and start going on freewheeling, um, yeah, give it up. Give it up. They're, 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 once they've got their heads up and the crowd's behind them. Yeah, and once all the crowd starts doing that, buddy, up and down. Oh, my goodness yeah, gracious me. What sort of people do that sort of crap? Yeah. Um, what's their weak spots? Uh, I guess, well, I don't know if they have really weak spots, but I mean, the, the, I think we've got an advantage in the forwards. You know, you, you take Payne Haas out of the equation and we can match them pretty much everywhere in the forwards, I think. Uh, and look, I think our bench is better than theirs. I think Ryan Sutton and Corey Hadawidanida are in the starting 13 for most sides. Yeah. Um, Big Red. Should be playing for Queensland. <laughs> yes. Look, and that doesn't mean they're if not. If Fatty Vorton was still coach, he'd he'd have he'd have Corey Horsburgh in his side. Yeah, look, I, I do think we've got big uh, red energy. Party and Ricky in the second row is like yeah, if not, we're going to find a spot, amazing. that's that's the spot. But Payne Haas and Corey Jensen isn't. No. He's good, but he's not fantastic. And Billy Walters has promised, but he's just a kid still. I don't know. I, look, I think yeah. I guess it's only three days forwards. after Origin, so so much of it's going to come down to um, how the players back up. You know, whether Jack yeah. and Josh can back up and, and whether Payne House um, well, they've got can back up as well. And they've got four. They've got four and we've got two. So who they, they've they yeah. got? Carrigan, uh, Payne Haas. Stags uh, and... And, and uh, Selwyn Cobbo. Yeah. So two New South Wales players. 
It's much easier for backs to line up to back up though. Much easier for depends if you're up. forward. Depends how many minutes you play, probably. But anyway. oh, Payne Huss. You know, and the rumours yeah. are swirling again that Jack might be going to fourteen. So you know, if he plays less minutes, then he'll probably back up. I guess. Yeah, but if it's going to come to, down to whether Payne House is playing, I think. If he goes into 14, he's going to be in the heavy stuff. It's better for us if he plays nah. in, in, the, in the centres. He might. If he goes to 14, he could play, you know, hardly any minutes at all. Depending oh, on it's how it's Freddie Fittler coaching him. So if he's going to go into 14, it's just as likely he's going to go. He's going to... Could be like Josh Reynolds. Remember when he was 14? Didn't play a minute. Yeah. Oh, uh, what, yeah. Was, what was the one Tommy Rodonicus left on the bench? Raper. Oh, um, who was that manly dude that when Bob Fulton was just buddy putting oh, manly players? Oh, oh, the one that uh, Junior Paolo absolutely yeah. smashed. Oh, God, what's his year. name? Yeah, 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 yeah. That It'll was, come to us. I can't remember, but uh, the problem is, Freddie I think sees a lot of himself in Jack, right? And Freddie, as we all know, played a lot of thirteen. Yeah. And so yeah. there's every chance that if something goes wrong, we're going to find Jack at thirteen, and he'll acquit himself well. But that's right in the middle of the tough stuff, and backing up from that is a much harder ask than backing up from left centre. So, well, and backing up on a Saturday, they say that two days is easier than three or four. Yeah. So it's going to be interesting to see how they go. And you know, this it's a pretty mobile pack that they have, um, but no one I think is enjoying playing our pack at the moment. How nasty we are, how dirty we can be, and how much we can drag you down into a pretty, you know kind of scrappy game robinson spoke about it in the presser if you guys saw the presser where the song starts the raiders yeah. enjoying celebrating the song when robbo's there but we um, might just play a bit of that now you sort of look obviously a bit disappointed and you're shaking your head there is that sort of how you felt as well yeah just disappointing like just let in soft tries um we kind of waited for the game to come to us. We didn't really attack it there at the start. It turned into a scrappy game, which can happen down here. But yeah, it was just it was disappointing to let in 22 points away the way we did. And um, I guess perhaps one positive, Joey's performance at the back. Anyway, sorry. As, now, is, as there a sweet, no, is there a sweeter sound though, no, that, when, when Robbo and Kiri are talking and they have to be talking while clearly the Raiders are celebrating? Because how many times have I had to be in that room where I've seen Ricky or Dave exactly. Ferner talking and we've heard the opposition exactly, side exactly. celebrating? And it's, people thought that it was set up and it was timed. It wasn't because I've seen Ricky Stewart press conferences where... It's happened, and now Pork's giving me a funny look. But you went there. Look, Dude, look how I'm... sad! How sad was the press conference that there was only one journalist? Well, at the, this is the thing. So yeah, so when the when the local ABC is not covering it, um, the national one doesn't have to because they'll get it off the TV, so they don't actually go in there. And when Nine's covering it, they don't bother about the press conferences. And so if Fox isn't doing it, then they've just got the camera aiming at it. So no one's there to ask the questions. It's very strange. But I will tell you where that room is. Next to it is the annex of the Raiders' dressing room, but not their dressing room. Their dressing room is one across. So for it to be that loud and that close, they sort of have to have come across because it sounded like it was right behind the wall. Anyway, mm. anyway I'm just speculating right now. I'm just speculating right now. Um, look, someone who actually... Uh, so you were saying something, Matthew, before we rudely interrupted you. Uh, I've, I've lost my train of thought, I guess. But um... uh, Robbo said in the press conference... Yeah, no, Robbo was just saying he knew it was going to be a bit of a scrappy, ugly game, like that they were going to be dragged down into a game that was probably not the way that they wanted to play. And, and that's as, that's as a opposed good sign to all evidence from, from Baker and Butcher because they played such yeah, a no, clean just, open I think game. <laughs> we've just got a forward pack now that kind of can, can dictate to other teams. And looking at their forward pack, 
Um, unless we get completely blown off the park by a younger forward pack and a referee that wants to play it a certain way, I think we can we can match it with anyone. And then we just have to make sure our kicking game's on point. Mm. Um, and then, you know, hopefully the, the points come after defence because, you know, we're building... There's still combinations. Every week it's changing. And, you know, there's a couple of changes again this weekend. So hopefully... Hopefully we don't get any injuries tomorrow night, and um, you know, especially with Papa, like it's he's so important to this side. That's the one play that we can't we can't lose. So, I'd argue um, Jack's hopefully cross your fingers. Any success we hope for this year, Jack has to play a partner. We can't be successful without Jack. Oh, absolutely, we just can't. Joe Tarpany is the most important player now. He's gone well. This is the year he's gone past Papa. Yeah, but any successful? No, he hasn't gone well past him. Yes. Any side that wants to be successful and go deep into the finals, if not all the way, has to have at least four players of great influence. You know, and Tarpanay's there. Papa can be that player as well. But Jack Whiten must be, yeah. must be up there and doing well. He just literally has to be. But look, someone has really examined the game um, and actually has some sensible thoughts about it. It's time to rip in with Andy J. G'day Raiders fans, another great win last weekend and when you don't play your best and you still win, it makes victory that much sweeter. Shout out to Corey Horsburgh who had his best game for us by a mile. His charge down was fantastic and we don't see enough charge downs in the modern game where they really jam their arms down on the ball. He also had the presence of mind to look around and find out who was going to take the ball to the try line. Great work, Corey. Taps again was amazing. He is the number one prop in the comp, in my view, and I wouldn't swap him for anyone. His post-contact metres, his offloads, they can't get him to the ground. He really is such a handful. So now we're on to another week, and this round we are away to the Broncos on Saturday night. Broncos are warm favourites, and I'm not so sure about that. They are coming fourth on the ladder, so credit to them for that. But they really haven't beaten a lot this this year so far, and certainly not beaten a lot in the last four weeks or so. They had the bye week last week, Titans before that, uh, then the Knights and a horrible Manly and Rabbitohs. In fact, the only decent team they beat this year are the Sharks. The bye week might be telling, though, so we'll have to see on Saturday. We do have a little water under the bridge with Origin tomorrow, but all things being equal, I think we have a clear advantage in three key areas. One, the props. Haas and Big Papa probably cancel each other out a bit with Origin duty, but we also have Tarpany and Horse to pick up the slack. I also think we have a clear advantage with both of our hookers over theirs. Our hookers have been in good form. The back row. This is probably only a slight advantage and and neutrals will call me biased, but our back row has been in some very good form. Three, the halves. If Jackie plays, I want him to run at Reynolds as often as possible. Reynolds and the Broncos wingers can cause us plenty of headaches. So we need to get up in his face in defence. And when we have the ball, we want to make him wish that he had the week off. Two final quick ones on our team. I want to see continuous improvement from Fogarty, but obviously I don't expect him to be 100% just yet. 
And Schiller is also named on the wing, and we need to see improvement from him as well. This includes his kick return metres, taking the tough carries and scoring some more tries. So I think we can ignore the bookmaker odds this week. The Broncos do deserve to be slight favourites being at home, but if we can play well and given our recent form, we should be up to our necks in this game. Enjoy your origin tomorrow night and this weekend's footy and go, you green machine. Well, once more, he adds, you know, some modicum of science to our... um... How could we forget Jamie Bura? Jamie Bura. Well, you forgot him. (laughs) You forgot him. I will never forget Jordan Paolo him. Yeah, they forgot to put him on. Yeah, they forgot him on the bench too. I think he got... I think he's been... I think he's in one of... Properly, he's highlight um, reels as well. Is he? Oh, yeah, absolutely. The camera kept cutting back to him when because he, he had his headgear on on the bench. The camera kept showing him, and he was just standing there. I, I remember, oh, that's I remember, sad. I remember that game actually. Do you know the most memorable, I think, sideline shot ever at the State of Origin? It's not um, Phil Gould stealing Laurie Daly's um, seat. Do you remember when um, what's his name, Michael Devere, was getting stapled? Oh, that was on the field. That <laughs> was, was on the he's, bench. He's getting stapled. That was over and then the, the guy, wing. the staple gun, actually got stuck to his head. Yeah, yeah, I saw it. <laughs> oh, my God. That's one of the toughest things I've ever seen. The fact that someone can get their head stapled and then keep playing, that would have been traumatic. Any of the rest of us, I'd just, yeah, no, that was impressive. Michael I'd rather, still I'd rather has get, my... I'd rather get super glue, I think. It'd be oh, that was horrific for all concerned. And they kept the camera on it. Look, um, Lord Funkington's an idiot. We might as well listen to him. G'day everyone, Lord Funkington here. Another week with the green jerseys, another win for the green machine, not the milk. Hashtag no more milk. It's Brisbane week, Broncos week, up in Brisbane. You know, we haven't beaten Brisbane in Brisbane since, I don't know, Ricky Stewart hasn't won a game in Brisbane. I think I might all go all the way back to the Matthew Elliott way, but I'm sure Tim, Tim and Blake will fill us in on all that. That's details, and Lord Funkington doesn't do details. What I do is thinking about the week ahead and how we are going to crush this mob who may have won five in a row. Yeah, Brisbane have won five in a row. Good for them. We've won four out of five, mate. Four out of five. Forged in steel. We're going to smash this bunch of pretenders who have played nobodies until they get to play an actual team who can play defence. Here we come this week. Brisbane. Broncos. We better be freaking wearing green, mate. Raiders by 56. Like I said, Lord Funkin is an idiot. Well... And we've also just, he was wanted to know the, some stats when we last time we won in Brisbane. Well, we actually revealed that early in the show. Yeah. We stuffed it up. Yeah. We stuffed it up. Maybe. We could have yeah. started, you know, who knows? We could have started. I could edit it all based chronologically, you know. The one is editing, who knows? Is it something, no, don't even bother. <laughs> um, is there something that's maybe made you angry that made you want to go, on the burst? Oh, look, it's the same. It's I've, I've said this before, captain's challenges annoy me. The fact that the Roosters were somehow able to get a find it, get a penalty out of that Hudson Young mm. tapping the ball back. I mean, you know, if we're going to stop the game and examine every single 50 50 two players going for the ball like that and find a penalty, I mean, it's the game's dead and buried. The worst thing about that was it was dumb. It was Tiggy Touchwood. Like, you could make an argument for it, but it was wrong. Straight after he teached it back, a Raider knocked the ball on anyway, so it didn't even have to be yeah, a penalty. Yeah. It was just a knock on. It was it was their ball. You know, it was just it was a dumb challenge. I don't know. I don't. Know. It's just, just it's a funny one though when you when you when you're slowing down the game so much and then you're you're trying to determine the amount of weight or 
force players putting on another player. Like, I don't think Hudson Young had that much influence on Sam Walker. Just like... There was no um, intention. There was, was no intention. Steve, was it the Stephen Crichton penalty try? Yeah. Um, yeah. When we played them yeah. earlier in the year where it's like, he, he didn't really run him off the ball. It's kind of... And they, they slowed it down for other reasons. And then they found a secondary yeah. reason to find it, which is... And then they get yeah. to keep the challenge as well. It's, it's an odd, It's a really peculiar way that they decided to determine it's, it's, that one. It's frustrating. And look, I didn't like that. The bunker should be there for... Like, if someone gets taken out off the ball, you know, head high, and it's a reportable offence, the bunker should be able to intervene and, yep. and rule on tries. And apart from that, that's it. Yeah, no, I, 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 don't, I don't disagree with that. I, I think it was, a, it was a waste of time. But it should be noted that for the second week in a row, the Raiders got a captain challenge right. Yeah, and, uh, and Jordan Rappina seemed to be the one calling for it yeah, twice yeah. in a row. Well, and when it happened, and I thought they were going to call for it, I was screaming out for them not to do it because I saw clear as day no! that we dropped it. I was really <laughs> saying, don't do it, don't do it. I was yelling out, and they went for it. And then the replay came up, and he was right. Yeah. <laughs> Couldn't believe it. Anyway, so that was good. But um, Not that you can really make out the replays at all at the ground. Oh, no, it's the, very the, hard. The screens especially are with, terrible, especially at our age. You know, yeah, the fading eyesight. Advanced and, years, you know, when we've gone past our best years, you know. We're in, you know, autumn. Maybe winter in your case, you grey-head grey goose. Right, um, look, if you like seeing ass crack, right, then you probably need to get down to Raiders Plumbing because they'll not only fix your plumbing stuff, but they'll show you a lot of ass crack. And when it comes to ass crack, it's really all about ass clown of the week! <laughs> Raiders Plumbing are having a great year because they're also sponsor um, Xavier Savage. Do they really? Yeah. Javier. 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 Xavier. Okay, so I've got Xavier. one this week. Xavier, my goodness gracious me. I've got one this week. Yeah. Um, the Mole came out with a tweet during the match saying, you, gee, the a, Raiders were getting a lot of hometown do you calls. Have, have an Ask Clown of the Week that isn't related to Twitter? No. no. Except <laughs> when it's you. You bitch. I, I sometimes um, abuse you on He Twitter. came out and said, home, home ground calls, you know, like, and I had to point out to Mr. Mole, I said, mate, a lot of the time it was a bit of a polo crowd. It was the penalties we've been no. blown without any influence from the crowd whatsoever, no, and maybe the crowd, the Butcher was, was giving away the same penalty for the, the same crowd thing. Was, the crowd was making oh, no, a fair we, amount of noise, considering in. how few people there were there. I mean, it was it was strictly the true believers, really and the was. true believers are the ones that make yeah. the most noise. I mean, yeah. you, between you and Pork Junior, there was plenty of noise being made in front of me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pork Junior made a lot of noise. <laughs> he made a lot of noise. It was mostly in my ear hole. So he had a great time. He had a wonderful time. But yeah, he was making. But he's, a lot not, of noise. he's not coming back again. Yeah, he is. Um, Blake, who have you got for Ask Clown of the Week? Uh, look, there's certain podcasters, people on another Canberra Raiders podcast, who continually tip against the Raiders. Come on, guys. Have some faith. Have some faith. I'm not going to name names, but it's not Raider Nick, because say what you want about Raider Nick, that guy bleeds green, and he, like Alan Tung, would never tip against the Raiders. But some other Ask Clowns on another podcast continually tip against the continually. Raiders. Continually. And this is the Support thing. Support the boys. Support the boys. Raider Nick. He's a great bloke, by the way. I don't say anything nasty about Raider Nick. He's he's an outstanding bloke, and he does bleed green. And he would never tip against them, and he will always have their back, no matter what things are going wrong. So, yeah. you know, say what you will, the bloke bleeds green. Yeah, let him be an example to some other podcasters. Matthew, who's your ass clown? Um, I don't know if I really have one this week. Uh, I've been trying to think about one while we jumped on the podcast. Is it Blake? I, I, I don't like... It Is could it, be Blake. I, I, I um... make it Blake... <laughs> What have I done? What haven't <laughs> no, I, you done? I don't like split rounds, personally. No. So uh, maybe that can be just the, the annual thing in this time of year. I, I'd much prefer it if they figured out a way to play State of Origin over, say, uh, a two-week period and all the sides had a bit of a break and they had a bit of a festival 
over the two weeks with maybe some um, of the tier two nations playing yeah. as well because I yeah I just don't think um, I just don't think it's fair on players to have to back up. I also don't think it's fair on clubs uh, and certain sides get a leg up. And we're often one. We actually actually we've often played some of the bigger teams who generally have had more players out um, this time they, of year. They said on the um, I, on the broadcast we've got a great record in the state of origin yeah. period in recent years. Yeah, we do. But so did the and, and you want your players playing state of origin. Hi, it's former Canberra Raiders captain Alan Tung here, and you know I don't actually go in footy tipping comps, but if I did, I'd tip the Raiders every week. Who's got a lift? Ooh. A bit late there, Matthew. That delay is a little bit late. I don't know I'm, that I'm, I'm actually early. I don't know there is a delay. There is. Maybe, I was maybe before next you guys time. then, but it comes through He's late. Canberra, really? so maybe it's just a bit slow. Maybe when you hear the pork doing it, get in there anyway. Yeah, yeah, okay. Um, Who's look, I'm going to do my first. It's Jamal Fogarty. It's Jamal Fogarty. Yeah. yeah that's it's who it is. Or Fogarty. Fogarty. One of them. It's Fogarty. Fogarty's, Jamal Fogarty's got a lift. I mean, I know he's come back from a long-term injury, mm. but there was a point in the game uh, just before the Roosters scored a try where he put up uh, just a shocking midfield bomb that just did nothing and the Roosters got the ball on halfway and went down and scored off that set. And I was just cursing. And I actually had seen um, during the previous game against Parramatta, there was a tweet from a Titans fan that said, it's great to see Jamal Fogarty still putting up midfield bombs. I thought, oh God, he's got form. And then the other bloody terrible one was, you know, we get the penalty and he didn't find touch. That's, that was that's, bad. That's inexcusable. I I that was Jack, Jack Whiten's done that too. I thought that was Frawley. No, it was Fogarty. That was Frawley's field goal was bad. Um, <laughs> that was real no, bad. Fogarty's that was real bad. <laughs> Michael Ennis called it a bunt. Um, Fogarty's, uh, <laughs> it, it was an interesting game, wasn't it? Because you could tell he was trying to force it and do a lot. He was skipping across the field quite a bit, getting on the outside shoulder, and the guys didn't know how to run off him. Um, as soon as he, he's actually he's got sparks, so he's got something, and he offers a little bit more an attack than um, what Schneider and Frawley kind of do. So I wonder. As soon as that combination clicks, especially with him and Savage, like him and Savage a couple of times in that game, you could tell Fogarty went, um, he went short when he should have gone long uh, back, you know, out the back to Savage or he, he held the pass or he threw it when he, they just didn't quite click, but it was there. Like there was two or three times in that game against Parramatta and there was two or three times in this game on the weekend that if they just took the other option, they would have scored and they would yeah. have scored a much easier try just before that savage try where he picked it up the ball off the ground. Yeah. Fogarty just needed to pass it to him at the back and they would have had an easy three on two. And yeah. you know that they're going to be looking at those things during the week, you know, and just working on those combinations and the timing of those runs. Cause you got a, you got a guy who's playing his second game in green and then you got a guy who's playing really second yeah. now going into his third game, starting at fullback. So it's once they get those combinations, we're going to be able to exploit Savage's speed because Jesus, he has it. And yeah. he's going to, he's, he's going to have a, a pretty, but, but him, he's him, going to, he's going to put up a pretty good um, argument to keep that spot when seeing so. fit fitting about. A I month. think so. When he's sweeping around, I mean, it's obviously, it's still a work in progress. He looks pretty comfortable. I got to say Savage, he looks yeah. pretty good there. Yeah, no, he does. But he looks as though there's more potential there than we ever saw out of of CNK in those movements. Oh, you're bitching about CNK. Yeah, potential. Yeah. But Fogarty's. But, but back to um, back to who's got a lift. Fogarty. It was his kicking game was pretty was pretty poor. And it, it was and it bad. Kept it was bad. And, and it. it was no. bad. And look, the that's we didn't use the wind horrific. at all. How how strong was the wind? You guys were there. How strong it was, was the wind? It was really hard to tell where we were. It when you got swirling. high, you could feel it, but lower where we were in, in, in the inner bowl, it was there, but you couldn't tell which way it was coming. 
Yeah, it wasn't. It yeah. wasn't a huge, like one way or another. Factor, it I seemed that way in the first half, but in the second half, it really didn't. And that would be. But yeah, they when... Fogarty's there. You know, the seven is there to, to to take over the kicking, and we've signed him to take you know a lot of the pressure off Jack in the kicking because Jack's kicking. You know, it's either it's rocks or diamonds, and sometimes it's really good. You know, and mm. look, I think he will. But this is his third match, and I think he will lift in this match. I think he's going to look really good, and he's going to play really well. He's going to lift. He's got that cog. He's just you got to remember he's been on a big layoff. He's got his match fitness back. He's starting to get a run with the team. This is going to be the match where Jamal Fogarty steps up and shows us all just what a fantastic number seven and what a great signing he is. Yeah. I don't think he's going to ever going to be... I mean, he's you a 28-year-old... You remember when Caesar came? It wasn't all bloody brilliance from the word go, was it? It wasn't all brilliance really no. in any stage of his career. I think Aiden Caesar did a very good job. He was a great servant in the club, and we went to a grand final with him as our number seven. Yeah. Thank you Thank very much. Yeah, I remember calling for Caesar to get put back in the side when we started Sammy Williams for that month. And I was talking to a mate, um, Warren Smith, actually, and he was calling the game. And you know, I was uh, texting Warren. Can you Warren, ask like, Warren we'll... why he blocked me? Because <laughs> yeah. I've literally yeah, never him. done anything whatsoever, <laughs> and he blocked my ass. And you tell him, is this because go. in 1994 I gave him a hard time when he came down to train with the Raiders when he was with Channel 10, and I teased him the entire week? Maybe is, is that what's probably maybe? Hang, hang on a sec. It was, that was that was a name drop, wasn't it? I, th- I think I've got bingo. Do you? Yeah. <laughs> Matthew. <laughs> That's already been done. Um, Sorry, Matthew. Warren Smith. Yeah, you... Warren Smith. Yeah, go on. Oh no, but anyway, he um. It wasn't a name drop. To, uh, a... <laughs> He's done it again, people. Him texting me later in the year saying you were right because when um. I, uh, Caesar kicked those field goals against the Sharks. Oh yeah, and that's, of you know, course that was madness. That, Aiden, that was because Josh Hodgson was injured, and we had Aiden Caesar at Buddy Hooker. It was it was insane. No, there was there was a few games there where we had him playing in reserve grade, where Ricky put him back to reserve grade, and we had nah. Sam Williams playing. Nah, seven. Sam Williams sure? came back. Yeah, and it was the start of the year. Sam Williams came back from England, uh, and he got picked at seven, and 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 Caesar was starting at nine. It was because Hodgson was injured. It was the start of. 2018. Yeah, that's when it was. Okay, look, we're going to move into... But there are among... Oh, the shark. He's got some stuff to say. He always bloody does. We can't shut him up and he won't leave us alone. We tried to sell him to the Green Machine pod, but they wouldn't have him for some reason. No, he keeps... He's like a boomerang. He keeps on coming back. But like I said, (laughs) we got rid of him. It was the worst episode of all time. So he came back. back. Yeah, so he is. All right, what's up, everybody? Happy post-Roosters week. It was a good one. We showed those clowns from Bondi what was up in front of an enormous crowd of maybe three or 400 people on a beautiful Sunday afternoon in the nation's capital. Yep, a completely depleted Raiders team. All of our best players playing in Orange uh, against a pretty much full-strength Roosters side. I mean, yeah, all of their best players were on the field, and they just couldn't get it done. Embarrassing. Humiliating. Speaking of humiliation, my son, uh, after the game, when we were leaving, he saw a Roosters fan, uh, you know, a gentleman around 50 or 60 years old. He just, you know, he took his head and took it and just stuck it right in a toilet. He drug him from the concourse and then took him all the way into the bathroom, stuck his head in the toilet, swirled it around a little bit, flushed it. Uh, You know, I'm all right with that. Uh, Security was not cool with it, but, um, you know, what do you want me to do here? Like, it's, it's Roosters Week. All bets are off. So, uh, and also, big shout-out to my boy JB from the Greenhouse uh, for rock me at halftime and saying what's up. It was really nice to meet him. 
So, yeah, um, I don't know. I don't know what to say about this weekend. I mean, going up to Queensland, nothing's more humiliating than that, having to play football in that state, at that stadium. I mean, it's a piece of shit compared to Canberra Stadium, the best stadium in Australia. I don't know what to tell you. Raiders by 56. Baby, let's go! I love you all. Okay, bye-bye. Did he just say his son drugged? He drugged a Roosters fan? Who knows yeah, what he Americans say that as in, like, you drug them across yes. instead of dragged. All yeah. oh, right, there you go. Yes, okay. that's why I don't want him on the show. Yeah. He's, he's an ass clown. <laughs> he's an ass clown. He's, he's a thing. Uh, now, uh, by the way, I missed in the ass clown of the week. Um, uh, an honourable mention, our Phoebe, who recently got uh, a thing for in the Raiders review with Blake and the Pork competition, uh, you know, a uh, 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 prize of the week. I forgot to bring the honey. Yeah, you did forget to bring the honey. And that's why no one's getting any prizes yet because Blarke hasn't provided them to me. Um, but... Um, as soon as they do, I'll be distributing. Um, Phoebe had the opportunity to be ta- had an official taken a picture taken by the Raiders that got put on the website of the crowd out there. She had her ass clown beanie on and she covered it up. Oh dear! I called her an ass clown to her face. Matthew was very disappointed with her. Is someone at the club trying to silence us? I don't know. They must be trying to silence us. They they can't take they can't take our heat. That's what it is. They can't take a heat, but there are, in fact, reasons to be cheerful. Reasons to be cheerful. Part three. Four wins from the last five. That's got to be good. So the season's looking better, and the loss to Parra was by no means a disgrace. Now, here's some stats that I went into. Our overall season average score at this stage is a 17.8 points to 20 points to five loss. That's what it looks like. In the first eight rounds of this season, our average score was a 14... Point two points to 24.6 points loss. Our last five games are a 23.6 to 14 point win. That is a massive improvement, if for no other reason than that 14 points. Our defence has improved, and with defence, all of a sudden the wins start coming in. There is no question our defence has improved out of sight. It has. The, the determination backbone, and that's it what has. this is all springing off. My reason to be cheerful is we actually scored not one, but two tries in the second half. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, against and, Roosters. And although one of them was a bit jammy, it was a good jammy try, the second one was a great try. Yeah. Nothing wrong with that at all. So those are definite reasons to be cheerful. Um, and, you know, I, looking forward, you know, in what we've got, we have in our remaining 11 home and away uh, games, we've got five home games and six away games, of which this weekend's will take it down to even. But... In those last 11 games, we play three top eight sides, being the Broncos, the Panthers, and I can't remember the last one. But anyway, I can't remember the Panthers. Oh, the Storm. The Storm, the Panthers, which isn't exactly fun, and the Broncos. We play in those. But then Panthers we are, have Panthers eight, at home? We haven't played Panthers at home for, for years. Ages, since, I think, the 2016 finals. Are you serious? Yeah, it, it, it might not be quite that long, but it's up there. We barely play them at home. But we've got eight games against the bottom eight so in the run home. So when we have played them in, in like Wagga or whatever, those, some of those were, were they our home games? Yeah. Yeah, right. So that. we've got the Broncos, who are top eight. Then we go into the Newcastle Knight. God, we have to beat them. At Knights. home. Please. We have to beat them, but at least it's GIO. Please. It's not in Wagga or where else they want to beat us. Then we go down to Win Stadium. St. George, Illawarra. 
Um, then we've got a That'll buy. That'll be a windy game. So we've got another buy there, right? So we've got two buys in the next coming weeks, which will, should freshen up the squads. Then, unfortunately, we come back and we play Melbourne down in Melbourne on a Sunday evening. Then we get the Warriors at the home. Then we go away to the Titans. Then we come home and have the Panthers on a Saturday evening. Then we have host the Dragons. Then we go away to the Knights. Then we Matt's host really tired. Then we he's host really the Seagulls, and then say, we go away to the West Tigers. Win. So what I'm saying to at this stage, he's just win. saying he's win. just saying win. Lots of wins within that. Within he's, that, he's texting win. Warren Smith, and this he better be. So why did he block the pork? I'm blocking pork at the same time now. If we can, by some miracle, beat the Broncos this weekend, then go into that rest weekend, and then come back and beat. Oh, sorry, beat the Knights and then go into that rest weekend, we'll actually be really well poised oh, in a run oh, into the sorry. season. You're dragging on a bit here, Paul. Jesus, you're an <laughs> asshole. You really are. You're just a jerk. Anyway, you, I don't know why an ass like you it gets to name the Listener of the Week, but here we go. Who is it? Listener of the Week is Tristan in Tasmania. He's repping his Blake and the Pork beanie down in Tasmania. Good on you, Tristan. Keep, nice one. Keep on, keep, on, uh, keep on supporting Blake and the Pork. Only six beanies left. Only, only six. six. And only that's, six. that's And there's actually only five because he's about to give me mine. <laughs> All right. Because I do not have Only one. five beanies left. Yeah, yeah. So, um, but yeah, then... everyone needs it at the moment. It's so cold back there. Oh, it really oh, yeah. is. It was, um, it was, I was very glad to be, have an Ask Clan beanie on it. Uh, it was very at cold game. at the football. So, uh, I should talk about the Raiders review with Blake and the Pork competition. You've got to rep your favourite uh, Blake and the Pork merchandise or Blake and the Pork taglines and get them in the public eye. I want to see people. This is what's going to win the competition. And it's not going to be anything less than this. You have to get a reference in the public media. You have to get it behind the cameras. You have to get someone to actually say it that gets seen, you know, like out there. You've got to get, you know, Ask Clown or you've got to get Blake and the Pork known out there in the public sphere so it actually gains some attention. And you'll win great prizes like a fantastic Audio-Technica turntable with an original 7-inch pressing of the Raiders Woods' song on vinyl on it. The Pork's ha- uh, Jalapenos, Arnie J's Honey, John Sharkey's uh, signed T-shirt. Did you, did you listen, the best did you listen to the episode? Did you listen to the episode last week? Uh, no, I never okay. listened to it. Oh, I, I played the um, the not the Woodgers Cambrator song. Oh, other. not the original the, thing. Yeah. It's dreadful. Yeah. Um, so John Sharkey has put in uh, his own because uh, he's a musician outside this. His own T-shirt. Yeah. Um, I really want to wear it because it is so bad. It's great. Um, you'll get that. You'll get um, a vinyl of uh, Shoot Out the Cameras, John Sharkey, also signed. You get a Matt Lenevez limited edition 8x10 glossy signed in honour of yourself. In order Just to sending a tweet it. now. Hey, yeah. Warren Smith, Fox. You'll get Landspeed Records vouchers. You'll get, yeah, pork you will get an Ask Clown beanie. So there is, in fact, only four Ask Clown beanies left. Um, and we don't have a winner this week because you'll suck. So yeah. you better get busy. Otherwise, no one's going to win that prize. Um, coming up after this one, we've got the Knights, 2 p.m. Sunday, 19th of June. Then we've got a rest weekend. Then, Sunday, 3rd of July, win. we go to down to Wollongong, I believe, and we play the Dragons. And follow that, we've got a bye. So hopefully... Hopefully, we can get ourselves a few Ws on that and be storming into the finals, which would be really, really good. Any last words, gentlemen? Uh, no, I think that's pretty much it. I think that's what I'm feeling pretty confident we can make the eight. Oh, that's dreadful. I, I had pretty it confident. Blake Stradamus. Blake Stradamus. This is the same Blake who was calling a few <laughs> just the, only a couple of months ago. Spoon. He was saying Spoon about Spoon, a month ago. Ricky Stewart to be sacked and Flanagan to come in with his son. Flanagan's going to the Warriors, man. We've missed out on that boat. I don't care where Flanagan goes. Do you know I did actually? Yeah, there was. I've never said for Ricky 
to be sacked. But mm, there was a point. The Tigers. There was a point in 2018. I think Cameron Serrato's going to the Tigers. Maybe um, there was Tigers. a point. There was a point um, in 2018 where I did suggest that maybe Ricky Stewart could move to more of a sort of a Phil Gould type role at the club, mm-hmm. and that the coach we should bring in would be Justin Holbrook, but. Things are not going too good for Justin Holbrook and the Titans right now. He could be the next coach. You're, you're an ass clown. To get sacked. You're a total nutter ass clown. Anyway, you have been listening to the podcast formerly known as the third most popular Canberra Raiders podcast on the internet. Um, Raiders Review with Blake and the Pork. Um, I'm the Pork. I'm Blake. And that's Matthew. Say goodnight, Matthew. Hi, guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, we'll, talk night, you again. yeah. <laughs> we'll talk to you again. We'll talk to you again soon. Blake and the Pork. We have waiting for us in Hollywood, the man himself, <clears throat> pardon me, John Michael Housen. Morning, John Michael. Good morning, Bert. Good morning, Australia. It's great to have you here, and I'm not too sure whether you know or not, but we also have a former friend of yours here with us this morning, Molly Meldrum is here. Hi, too. John. Hello, Ian. Ian's not a former friend. He's a good friend of mine. Absolutely. He's, He's given his side of the story of, of what happened a couple of weeks ago. I'll just, uh, I'll, I'll just brief it for you. He said in the, uh, in the, uh, obviously he'd been drinking in the afternoon because having dinner <laughs> no, that night very early in the piece, you fell over and 19 people had to come to your aid. You then wanted to disrobe in the restaurant and then you shouted out obscenities about the Pope. Now, um, well, what's your say? <laughs> Well, actually, I've just been reading about Molly in a local paper. <laughs> See that? That child escapes. Ah, he's wicked. Nothing like a bit of visual comedy. What actually, from, from your point of view, what actually happened on that night, John Michael? Well, apart from the fact that they don't welcome people wearing hats that have been surgically adjust, attached to someone's scalp and <laughs> puffing on cigarettes, where we got a corner, a seat, that if we'd have been one foot to the left, we would have been in the car park. That didn't please me to start off with. But anyway, looking over that and being quite serious, I am very tired of pop stars, so-called, I don't think they're stars at all, I don't even think they're the, the dust from a real star, people who get up and uh, sing songs that are about things which I don't... I mean, the lyric of a song is a very important thing because there is this message going out that you can do anything to anybody at any time you wish to, and I don't think that's very good. And I certainly don't agree with people who use religious symbols as phallic symbols, in other words, as penises. 